Welcome into a Positive Light Podcast. We're bringing a positive influence into this world and into your life. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be on your help comes from God. And from Psalm 121, it states, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forever. Amen. So Rick Warren writes, rely on God's power, not your own. The worst of times of life exhaust and drain you. When the roof of your life is falling in, you might look up in despair and say, what now? What next? I can't handle one more thing. In 2 Corinthians 1.8, Paul tells us of having similar thoughts. He says, "We, we were really crushed and overwhelmed and feared we would never live through it. It sounds like Paul was about ready to give up. But see what happens next. We felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. But that was good. For then we put everything into the hands of God, who alone could save us. For he can even raise the dead. And he did help us and saved us from a terrible death. Yes, and we expect him to do it again and again. Again, that's out of 2 Corinthians 1, 9 and 10. Paul knew that. Since God can raise the dead, he certainly could help him. And that's true for you. The same power that raised Jesus is available to you. Jesus' resurrection means no situation is hopeless and no problem is too difficult. If God can raise a dead man, he can resurrect your health or a dead marriage. He can infuse new life into your career. How can you receive that kind of power? You receive it when God fills your life with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, For the Spirit that God has given us does not make us timid. Instead, His Spirit fills us with power, love, and self-control. Out of 2 Timothy 1.7 When God's Spirit fills your life, you have true self-control for the first time in your life. You no longer are bashed back and forth by circumstances. With Christ as your master, you can master your situation. You're no longer relying on your own power to hold all the strings of your life together. You're depending on God's power. He never grows tired or weary. He strengthens those who are weak and tired. Those who trust in the Lord for help will find their strength renewed. Out of Isaiah 40, 28-31. God is faithful. No matter what you're facing, he will carry you through it. With the world turned upside down due to the COVID-19 outbreak, it may be difficult to make any plans or even picture life months from now. As fewer businesses remain open and the virus spreads, each day may seem more uncertain while your calendar becomes increasingly empty. Yes, I know there's a vaccine on the horizon and coming in right now, but we just don't know the extent of how that's going to work. You've probably already canceled or postponed an upcoming event, started watching church online, and maybe working remotely. There are no more parties, dream vacations, or large weddings in the foreseeable future. And if you're finding yourself unemployed and more susceptible health-wise, it's especially disheartening. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever out of Isaiah 48. 
Willie Graham once said, planning and worrying are two different things. When we worry, we are not trusting God for our futures. But the Bible does teach the importance of preparation. Only God knows the future. No matter how hard we try, even our best efforts will only be guesses. But this ought to encourage you, because if God knows the future, then you can trust your future into his hands. Wouldn't it be better to face the future with him than without him? As much as our world has shifted during the last few weeks, nothing has changed when it comes to God's promises. No man could have planned for the coronavirus, but God's word still stands. He remains sovereign. So what should we do when plans don't go our way? How can we surrender control to God? A good start may be reflecting on his word and praying scripture. You may consider picking a few Bible verses to memorize weekly, or reading five Psalms and one Proverbs daily, one of Billy Graham's devotional routines. No matter what, take heart in these next 12 promises that I'm going to read out of God's word. Promise of everlasting life. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Out of John 6:47 promise of mercy for you lord are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you out of psalm 86 5 promise of love i love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me out of proverbs 8 17 promise of joy now may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, at Romans fifteen thirteen, Promise of peace. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you, Isaiah 26, 3. Promise of fellowship. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, out of Isaiah forty one ten. Promise of endurance. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, out of Hebrews 12.1. The promise of companionship. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, out of Hebrews 13.5. Promise of kindness. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you, out of Isaiah 54.10. Promise of courage. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord, Psalms 27.4. Promise of help. I will lift my eyes unto the hills from whence came my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth, out of Psalm 121, 1 and 2. And promise of restoration. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away out of Revelations 21.4. So next, I want to read you a story, and it's called God and the Spider. During World War II, a U.S. Marine was separated from his unit on Pacific Island. The fighting had been intense, and in the smoke and the crossfire, he had lost touch with his comrades. 
Alone in the jungle, he could hear enemy soldiers coming in his direction. Scrambling for cover, he found his way up a high ridge to several small caves in the rock. Quickly, he crawled inside one of the caves. Although safe for the moment, he realized that once the enemy soldiers looking for him swept up the ridge, they would quickly search all the caves and he would be killed. As he waited, he prayed, Lord, if it be your will, please protect me. Whatever your will, though, I love you and trust you. Amen. After praying, he lay quietly listening to the enemy begin to draw close. He thought, well, I guess the Lord isn't going to help me out of this one. Then he saw a spider begin to build a web over the front of his cave. As he watched, listening to the enemy searching for him all the while, the spider layered strand after strand of web across the opening of the cave. Ah, he thought, what I need is a brick wall and what the Lord has sent me is a spider web. God does have a sense of humor. As the enemy drew closer, he watched from the darkness of his hideout and could see them searching one cave after another. As they came to his, he got ready to make his last stand. To his amazement, however, after glancing in the direction of his cave, they moved on. Suddenly, he realized that with the spider web over the entrance, his cave looked as if no one had entered from quite a while. Lord, forgive me, prayed the young man. I had forgotten that in you a spider's web is stronger than a brick wall. We all face times of great trouble. When we do, it is so easy to forget the victories that God would work in our lives, sometimes in the most surprising ways, as the great leader Nehemiah reminded the people of Israel when they faced the task of rebuilding Jerusalem, in God we will have success out of Nehemiah 2.20. Remember, whatever is happening in your life with God, a mere spider's web can become a brick wall of protection. Believe he is with you always. Just speak his name through Jesus, his son, and you will see his great power and love for you. So next I'm going to play his song, and it's called I Lift My Eyes Up, and it's about Psalm 121 by Brian Dorkson. And here it is.
Hey, what a great song. And next, I have a letter from God to you, and it's titled, Good Morning. Good morning, I am God. Today I will be handling all your problems. Please remember that I do not need your help. If the devil happens to deliver a situation to you that you cannot handle, do not attempt to resolve it. Kindly put it in the SFJTD, Something for Jesus to Do box. It will be addressed in my time, not yours. Once the matter is placed into the box, do not hold on to it or remove it. Holding on or removal will delay the resolution of your problem. If it is a situation that you think you are capable of handling, please consult me in prayer to be sure that it is the proper resolution. Because I do not sleep nor I do slumber, there is no need for you to lose any sleep. Rest, my child. If you need to contact me, I'm only a prayer away. So one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 91, 14 through 16. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life, and I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I just love that scripture. It gives me lots of hope. You know, but where does the Bible state we will not have troubles? It doesn't. In fact, troubles are part of everyday life. Webster defines trouble as something or someone who causes pain or discomfort. Mental ag- agitation, worry, harassment, 
list goes on. One of the devil's schemes is to cause trouble in our lives, so we focus our minds on the trouble and not on God. Troubles can come from our own foolish decisions and wrong choices. When troubles happen because of wrong choices, we can humble ourselves and call out to God for help, and he will help us. So Psalm 91, 14 and 15, those two verses describe how God wants to rescue and protect us from the troubles that come from the unseen. Psalm 91, 14 and 15 states, Because he holds fast to me in love, therefore I will deliver or rescue him. I will protect him because he knows my name. And in 15 it states, When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue, deliver him, and honor him. Wow, what promises. These five promises, as for those who hold fast to God and love him, other versions of the Bible translate verse 14 as, Because he has set his love on me. Since the above five promises depend on how well we love God, I would like to explore a few scriptures that clarify how to love God well. So how do we know we love God? John fourteen fifteen explains, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. 1 John 5, 3 also states, For this is love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. So what are the commandments of God? We all know the two greatest commandments recorded is Luke ten twenty seven, And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. 1 John three twenty three further explains, And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us. Abiding in God is the same as holding fast to him and setting our love on him. How well we love people shows how well we are abiding in God and holding fast to him in love. At one time, I struggled to love people. I was judgmental, critical, disrespectful, impatient. I asked God to show me why I cannot love people well. He revealed I did not love myself, and in fact I hated myself. I asked God why I hated myself, and he disclosed I was full of guilt from all my anger. During a Bible study, I learned there were two sacrifices in the Old Testament, an animal sacrifice for sin and a freed animal for guilt. For the guilt sacrifice, the priest laid his hands on a goat's head and set it loose into the wilderness as a symbol of their guilt being taken away. God then disclosed to me I had received his blood sacrifice for my sins, but I still held on to my guilt. When I asked him to take my guilt away, I began to love myself and love others better when I failed to love others well by not being patient, humble, and forbearing. I felt convicted, so I would repent by asking God to forgive me and show me why I sinned. Then I put off my old way of reacting and asked him to help me love better. Pride is the most common sin that causes us not to love God and people well. You set your love on God by keeping your mind on him and living a new life through him. You love God by doing what pleases him, communicating with him through prayer, delighting in him through praises and finding security in him by trusting him. So God will protect us and set us securely on high 
because we know his name. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6 explains when we are saved by his grace, we are raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The word securely means we are safe and free from danger or attack. God's name means many things, and when we know his name, Proverbs 18.10 states, The name of the Lord is strong tower. The righteous runs into it and are safe. Psalms 9.10 explains what happens when we know his name. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, you have not forsaken those who seek you. God does not forsake those who seek him. How wonderful is that? So out of Psalm 91, what is God protecting us from? God protects us from the schemes of the devil and the troubles he brings on us. God never said we would not face troubles or persecutions, but he promises to deliver us if we humble ourselves, love him, and call on his name in prayer. 2 Chronicles 7.14 states, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. This verse tells us that God promises to hear our prayers, forgive our sins, and heal our lives for our troubles when we humbly seek him and turn from our sins. Sin brings trouble into our lives, which is why we need to repent and seek God's forgiveness and help to overcome our sin nature. So these next verses that I'm going to read will verify that God will deliver us from troubles and persecutions. Psalm 107.6 states, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Psalm 34.19 Many are the afflictions, troubles of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Psalm 55:22 Cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved, shaken. John 16:33 In the world you will have tri- tribulations or troubles, but take heart, I, Jesus, have overcome the world. 2 Timothy 4, 17 and 18, So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Psalm 25, 18, Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. So the last verse in this psalm is another promise we can trust God to keep. Psalm 91, 16 states, With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That scripture is one of my favorites and is a great encouragement to me, and I hope it is to you. The Greek meaning for salvation is to be made whole, rescue, save, or to be delivered. When God says he sustains us, it means he will keep us supplied with the necessities we need. So we need to remember when we call on God, he will answer. Are you at a place in your life where you need to be rescued? Are you ready to call out for help? It doesn't take a special phone or a bat signal. All you have to do is ask and Jesus will rescue you. You can ask him to rescue you in any area of your life, a relationship, a financial situation, a health issue, anything, but you have to ask. In Psalm 91.15, God says, When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. That's not just talk, because God doesn't lie. It would be contrary to his character because he is in total truth. 
Notice that God says you have to do your part, and then he'll do his part. You call, he answers. That's it. Just call on the name of the Lord, and the name of the Lord is Jesus. It's vital to understand that in any rescue operation, the rescuer gets to determine the means and the method of the rescue. You don't get to determine how you are saved. It's not up to you. It's up to your Savior. And Jesus says, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me, out of John 14, 6. Jesus doesn't say he's a, a good way or a nice way or even the best way. He says, I'm it. If there was a plan B, God wouldn't have sent Jesus as plan A to earth to die for you. So if you're going to be saved and have all your sins forgiven, there's only one way it will happen. And there's only one person you can call on, and that's Jesus. So I'm going to end today's episode on an audio clip from Billy Graham on hope. And here it is. Don't let the headlines frighten you. Yes, we're living at a crisis period, but God is with us in the midst of the grief. In the midst of the suffering, God is there. Oh God, we don't understand it all, but we believe you are the great and the mighty God. God, I believe, I trust in you, even if I don't understand. God still loves. And he loves with such an everlasting love that he gave his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for you. And if it were not for that, there is no hope in the world. And those of us that follow him and serve him have a future that's brighter than tomorrow. It is our glorious task to give hope through the message of the cross and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to bring peace in a broken world. No matter what God has in store for us and for our world, let us be found faithful. And someday we will know all the strife and the injustice and the pain that infect our world today is someday going to be over. Hallelujah. 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 And that does bring us to the end of our episode today. Hope you enjoyed it. My closing prayer, as always, is that God blesses the path you're on with him and that you embrace that path. So next week's episode is going to be on releasing our stress to God, which I'm still in the process of learning. Hey, you can catch me at positivelightpodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And anywhere you download your podcast, you can get my podcast for free. I hope everybody had a great week. God bless. We'll catch you next week.